Hello, all my beautiful friends out there in listener land. It's Heath here, and I've got big news for you regarding what will now be called Tom Talks Alive. Now that we've hit our $500 Patreon goal, our monthly talk show Tom Talks will be moving to Twitch. So what does this mean for you? On the third Monday of every month at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, you'll be able to head over to twitch.tv slash southerntomfoolery and tune into the live stream of Tom Talks Alive with, as always, me hosting and Adam co-hosting. Josh has also joined this project with us in a producer role to make sure we're putting out the best live stream experience possible for you guys. But what if you can't make it to the live stream? Don't worry, you can always watch the recording later on Twitch if you're a subscriber, or on Southern Tomfoolery's YouTube channel. Or you can continue to listen on the main podcast feed as we'll be editing the episodes for audio release as well. We're really excited to move into this new medium with an updated format for several reasons. First, this will allow us to make Tom Talks a more interactive and engaging experience as a whole, and we'll be able to do listener questions in real time. We also love the idea of making Tom Talks not only more consistent in its release schedule, but more celebratory and fun as a monthly event. Not to mention, we'll have some fun new segments and features to add to the show. As for the first installment of Tom Talks Alive, Adam, Josh, and I will be digging into the precog and nanosite class playtest for Starfinder, and taking a quick dive into some Starfinder lore. Tom Talks Alive 1 will air at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on December 21st. Until then, as always, we'll be available for any questions you have on Southern Tomfoolery's Discord. We can't wait to share this new experience with you in a few weeks, so mark your calendars and we'll see you on the 21st. For now, let's catch up with what the APA crew are up to in episode 96, There's Something About Terry. Signal of Screams, Book One, The Diaspora Strain. The Diaspora Strain. Mailed it in one. Done. Completed. Finished. Dunzo. Y'all did it. I mean, Thank you. Fell did it a long time ago. We've just been playing this <clears throat> out for shits and giggles. Right. Um, yeah, yep. Totally. You know, the thing is, is like, honestly, I probably should have let you use the signal jammer to shut down the relay signal but what fun would that be it's no fun that's that's no fun yeah and does your does your signal jammer is it of a high enough level to stop a shadow signal i'm thinking probably not like uh, if I it had stops to guess. is it is it a signal no, that's not don't 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 come at me with that that's not the text you have some very specifics let's hear him out let's hear him out <laughs> signal jammer level three Okay. This handheld device, uh, originally designed by stewards for military uses, is so military use one is strong. Uh, is used by corporations and criminals alike. Signal jammers are available at any item level. Blah blah blah. When activated, a signal jammer interrupts broadcast signals within four miles. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
If attached to a larger broadcasting station, such as those found aboard a Starship, range increases to 12 miles. Signal Jammer blocks all communication devices from sending and receiving broadcasts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's it. Uh, each signal jammer is designed to affect one specific broadcasting medium, such as radio or wireless. Oh, you there can attempt it is. a computer's or engineering check to bypass a signal jammer's effects or to determine the location of the jammer. So I think it works. I know there's that bit in there. We don't know what waves it was on. Yeah, we could have found it, out. It does, there's no magic jamming. Uh, not with Phil, <laughs> but you know we have the we have the space technology. Uh, do you though? Orton's <laughs> magical. Orton's magical. Yeah, I mean, He's a little magical ostensibly, girl. yes. Oh my He's god, a magical can, little princess. Can somebody please do magical girl Orin? <laughs> like character art. You need that fan art. Oh Here's what I want to do for you guys. I want to give transformation. An inspiration for for book one, Yay! for for making it through. Cool. Uh, so let's let's go ahead and draw those. Uh, who wants to go first? I guess I will, since no one's uh, saying anything. All right, here we go. It says it's a Phrasma save spiration. Oh Lord! From our good friend Steve in New Albany, Ohio. He says, "Have Adam read the spooky email." Have we already done that one? No, we did the uh, the non-spooky email. Oh, Ooh. let's do it then. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hold on. I got to pull I'm it up. Excited. This is going way, way back. Hold on. <laughs> Don't worry, though. I got you. Uh, Use the search excited. filter. See how what, what a, what a, great, was what a great time during Signal of Screams to have yeah. the spooky email. Well, that's what it's here for. All right, here we go. This is long. It's, so a, it's said- a long one in parentheses. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's not on the card because yeah. it's too long to fit on the card. But Stephen, Steve, Matumbe, Matumbe, and Saw on the show, and Saw Moon Isle from that other show. Yes, this is this is from him to you, Zach. About it. Time and space rip before Orin Vance, opening a crackling magical portal to somewhere, somewhere. What Orin sees within the sparking miasma rift of magical energy is but inky blackness, with no light but the illumination from your present location and time spilling onto a horrifying scene. A woman, chained to what appears to be a structural support for a small home, blinks back at the portal, nearly blinded by the light, pouring into her retinas. She cowers, ankle deep in gore, and raises a hand to block the light's assault on her blacked-out eyes and bruised face. In a sickening revelation to Oren, he realizes the hand this poor woman holds up might have done a better job of blocking the light had it still had all of its fingers. Hmm. It's at this moment, before Oren has a chance to speak to this poor girl, that a previously unseen door bursts open and daytime completely illuminates the room. Standing in the doorway is a six-foot-tall, wirely-built male tiefling whose exposed torso, shoulders, and arms bear all sorts of strange tattoos. I don't know who you are, or what you're doing in my grandmother's home, but stay the fuck away from my girlfriend, he growls, lunging toward the open portal as the chained woman shrinks into the room's corner. Nothing but a blip in the cosmic fabric of the universe, the portal itself begins to collapse, shrinking narrower and narrower. Mid-leap, 
what Oren sees in an, is an absolutely horrifying transformation. Orange and black striped fur tears its way out across the tiefling's body. His teeth fall out under the explosive pressure of growing canines from within his mouth, and the horns once cresting the devil spawn skull split open, giving away to horns much larger and much deadlier than he had before. As the height of his leap, the were-tiger reaches his jaws forward for Orin's neck, but the portal crackles shut, disappearing into nothingness, and a single whisker floats to the ground. Orin pockets the whisker. Maybe the fear of this token reminds him, can provide a spark of inspiration in the trying times ahead. Nice. Oh my god, I've just been losing my shit all losing her shit. It's a good thing just her mic was weird, because good lord. <laughs> yeah, I, I would not have been prepared for that much squee. I'm so, I'm so <laughs> Thank you, Steve. To, to, to be fair, it would have gone beyond the register of normal human yeah. hearing. Wow. Yeah. Did, Orin really... get, did Orin get the, the Matumbe inspiration as well? Or who got that? I feel like it was Orin. I think I think it was. Warren has been connected to the HLP universe. Yeah, for real, you know, which makes sense. I mean, you are a he is the dealing mystic, with the fabric yeah. of space and time. Right, and shit, right. You know. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Well, there we go. It's canon now. It's well, canon. Now the <laughs> Steve, you really set us up uh, for the rest of these inspirations. <laughs> Who's next after that one? <laughs> Gotta follow uh, that one. Good luck. We'll follow it up with a lawn gnome inspiration. Okay. Uh, from right. Eric K. Also from the Hideous Laughter universe. And uh, it's just a, a simple message. If violence is not the last resort, you failed to use enough of it. <laughs> okay. That uh, one should have gone to Orin, I think, as well. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> short and sweet. Uh, okay, Emily. Okay, so this one is from Veradux, Matthew in Palm Coast, Florida. And uh, I really Our newest Passel Pal. Our newest yeah, Passel Pal. Newest, mm-hmm. newest Passel Pal. Yeah. greatest. Um, and uh, I love this because mine is actually coming up. Uh, but happy belated birthday to everyone. <laughs> hey, oh, thanks, thank Barry Ducks. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. You're like four months, months too late, early. Hey. <laughs> All right, Heath. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I got... One from uh, a lawn gnome inspiration, also from Eric. Oh, double down on the Eric inspirations yep. here. All right. It says, Someone said, Never tell me the odds, but if it's an extra D20, you've got about a 50% chance of at least one of these is 15 or higher. <laughs> uh, all right. I don't math good. We know. We know. Oh. Well, you don't math well. That one too. Well, she doesn't English very well either. But um, okay, John, what you got? Oh, I got a scratch inspiration. Brian Roswell, Georgia says Georgia. His name is Brian Roswell, Georgia. Brian, New Mexico. Uh, we know where so, you're at, Brian. Let's see. Inspiron. Apply direct. Oh, okay. Inspiron. Apply directly to the dice roll. Inspiron. <laughs> apply directly to the dice roll. Inspiron. <laughs> uh, 
Took me a second to get there, but we got there. Commercials. I'm, I'm, please keep that 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 first part. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good deal, guys. You 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 made it through book one of Signal of Screams, and, I, and I'm proud of you. And thank you all, uh, listeners, for those great inspirations. Um, the the fabric of space and time gets thinner every time we do this, and uh, I'm here for it. You guys want to do an old-fashioned doodly-do for me? I yeah. oh, most I, definitely yeah. doodly-do. Oh, <laughs> there, there you go. See, I, I like that hot, one, Josh. Hot. That was that good. That was hot. It's a stupid, sexy Flanders one there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get those doodly-doos. There's a noise. Someone's addressing Kuiper through a milky haze, sounding as if Kuiper were breaching the surface of water. He's coming too. Please keep it short, a doctor says. Trying to focus, Kuiper blinks as his eyes adjust to the light panels. The angular designs found within the room indicate what appears to be a Vescarium medical facility. A Vesk dressed in formal military wear enters his view. Evening, Corporal Kuiper. I'm Master Sergeant Kesh, and I'll be your appointed steward for the coming months. It's my responsibility to oversee the dispensation of treatment and any necessary surgeries while in my custody. Kuiper watches as the large Vesk speaks in a manner that would suggest he said this very same thing multiple times today. Listening up, he continues on to the specifics. After the combat, a post-battle scan was performed to ascertain the status of any survivors in the surrounding areas. Even then, your signal was masked by the leaking power core of the wreckage. It was only when a hazard team was sent in to contain any explosions that your body was found. The team that collected your body were only following the procedure for corpses, given the violence in the area, and we were unaware of your life signs. Thankfully, someone noticed you breathing. Kuiper's mind is too clouded. It's hard to think, like his brain was replaced with cotton. The pharmaceutical cocktail was strong. He turns back in, he tunes back into the steward. We couldn't save your arm, likely in the gullet of one of those vermin. He had forgotten his arm, well rather he forgot it was missing. A quick scan towards his right appendage confirms the shortness of it. He hadn't really looked at it before. It almost reminds him of a dirty Q-tip with all the bandages wrapped around it. Looking at it, he can't process the pain or any response to its disappearance. Frankly, we're amazed someone survived down there. It must have been glorious. The brass, they're impressed. Parched, Kuiper croaks water, but the words make no sound. The doctor comes into view saying, Don't strain yourself. The fumes from the power core have caused damage to your throat, creating scar tissue. Stepping aside for the doctor, the steward continues. The remnants of the swarm fleets withdrew into the drift, leaving Kestaval in Vascarium hands 
with the loss of only three Devastators. And the countless soldiers that kept the Swarm at bay. Kuiper thinks to himself. But instead of saying that out loud, he uses his good arm and points to his open mouth and makes a drinking gesture. A straw comes into view and intrudes past his lips while the steward starts through the door. Oh, and I almost forgot. Congratulations are in order. The brass saw it fit to promote you to sergeant. Keep it up. We might have two Patros as high despots, and we'll be coming by to check on you, sergeant. Rest for now. The Vescarium doesn't cast away its soldiers so quickly. Kuiper tries to shake off a bout of exhaustion, but sleep prevails. The time seems to blend between waking and sleeping hours. The delirium remains but for the moment. Kuiper is lucid. A lean figure stands in the corner, keeping his eyes on Kuiper, not saying a word. Every few seconds, he takes a drag from a cigarette. The acrid smell seems to linger in the room, as if he had been there for some time. Kuiper is unfamiliar with this vesk. His scales are mottled and lack much of the luster from his youth. His clothing doesn't indicate military, and his demeanor is cool and distant. Kuiper attempts to communicate with the shadowy Vesk, but no sounds emit from his throat. He doesn't seem to acknowledge the Patra's struggles to communicate. Growing annoyed, he presses the pager for the orderly to get this Vesk out of his room. Moments later, the door opens, and a Patra orderly tends to his charts and measurements. He had expected the orderly to tell the stranger that visiting hours were over, that the patient requests did no visitors, hell, anything would be suitable. Instead, he notices the orderly doesn't even attempt a dialogue with him as a patient. In fact, the nurse was purposefully not looking at the cigarette-smoking vest. This person wasn't simply unapproachable. He had influence. Kuiper wasn't treated like a criminal, so it wasn't the hammers. Intelligence, maybe? Before he can divine the reason behind this visitation, he feels an immediate wave of exhaustion. His periphery shrinks and fades. Only the embers from the cigarette are seen now. Then, nothing. We fast forward. In another room, we see the doctor speaking with the appointed steward as, the, as they look through a two-way mirror. The pain suppressants are working, but I'm more concerned with his mental faculties. He makes gestures on the datapad, continuing. According to the psychologist, little progress has been made to move forward with his life. The patient appears despondent, even aggressive to treatment. There's been reports from the night staff that he's exhibiting signs of night terrors, reliving the final moments of the invasion. On the other side of the glass, a skittermander psychologist is making another of countless attempts to reach out to the indifferent Patra. Kuiper's eyes quickly dart towards the Skidamander after some comment. A second later, he gets up and snatches the data pad out of the Skidamander's paws and throws it at the glass, leaving a crack. From the other side, the doctor recoils back, watching the crack in the glass distort the Patra's face. And behind them, a spent cigarette drops to the floor, followed by a boot snuffing out the embers. We fast forward again. It's been a year, a long, tiring year of exhaustive therapy sessions. 
Today, Kuiper was scheduled for prosthesis integration, a long-awaited milestone in his recovery. In front of him, a hollow screen is tuned to the Vescarium news station, covering the completion of the second Conqueror's Forge. The camera makes shortcuts between a speaker and long pans over the attendants. The ceremony is in full swing. Lately, Kuiper has found himself keeping up with the current events as a way to stay sharp and transition to a normal life. The past few months, he had been considering taking the soldier's due, allowing him to pursue other means of life outside the military. But until he had an idea of what to do, there was no reason to rush it. A door opens and a short skittermander steps into the waiting room. Mr. Vargas, they're ready for you. Getting up, the Patra follows the skittermander down a long corridor to another room with an examination table where he takes a seat. He hated the whole procedure that's entailed in appointments like this. It felt monotonous. Eventually, a lab technician comes in and draws blood, followed by a medical assistant. After pleasantries, the medical assistant asks, And how's your vocal modulator? I noticed you haven't been using it. It works, but I haven't a need to use it, not to mention the pain involved in activating it. That's to be expected. You see, the miniature actuators agitate the scar tissue left over from your encounter with fumes from the leaked power core. With time, the pain should subside to only a minor discomfort. The door to the room opens again, and Steward Cash pops his head in. Apologies for interrupting. The integration specialist is here to see you, Sergeant. Kuiper hadn't expected the steward, nor was he surprised. The Vesk had been with him during the entirety of his treatment. Before he can ask why he was here, another skittermander comes in, walking between the legs of the tall steward. Pulling out a built-in step stool in the examination table, he goes straight to work, examining Kuiper's shortened limb. Another skittermander arrives carrying the prosthesis, giving it to the integration specialist, who proceeds to retrofit the device onto his appendage. A mixture of polycarbonate plating and other technologies, the arm emits a faint click as it aligns into place. Gesturing to a button flush with the molding, the specialist demonstrates by pressing it, and the prosthesis vacuum seals to Kuiper's skin with a satisfying Pouring over the prosthetic arm, Kuiper tilts, rotates, flexes, and contracts it. A violent reaction immediately courses through the tech, and the palm erupts in a retractable spike just a hairline away from the poor skittermander's face, causing it to faint. A flush of embarrassment crosses the steward's face as he says, We uh, thought, why replace the arm when we could enhance it? You may have noticed this is a Mind Reaper's arm spike. A little souvenir, you might call it. It doesn't have the same abilities but a powerful weapon when properly utilized. Kuiper's mind drifts back to the convulsing corpse the Mind Reaper gorged on. Immediate disgust fills his mind, but he doesn't show it. Uh, thanks. Back in the waiting room, Kuiper is scheduled for his next appointment when he notices the steward tuning into the hollow screen. The latest news story that's being broadcast is an opinion piece on the fewer swarm assaults this past year and the possibility of a near end to the swarm war. Or planning a larger attack, the steward quips. At the moment, 
anchors were debating whether the dreadnought emperor would abdicate soon afterwards or turn his attention to the alliance with the Pact Worlds. Depending on how this plays out, Kuiper might be placed in the reserves or stationed somewhere out in the vast guarding some rock. I may not need to apply for the soldier's duel. We'll see. Kuiper thinks to himself. Man, I tell you what, I get some very strong, like, beginning of Metal Gear 5 vibes from that whole thing. A little you bit. A little bit. <laughs> I like it. I dig it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once again, John, excellent, excellent work with with the backstory here. The the Kuiper saga continues to be intriguing. Thank you. Appreciate it. That, there's, uh, that, that Vesk voice is a little harsh, isn't it? I mean, <clears throat> yeah. uh but yeah we get to get a little bit more taste of kuiper so yeah interesting we've done inspirations we've done a flashback let's come back to the present for the apa and kuiper as you guys are aboard the epic tracer leaving behind new elysium and the mine and the asteroid that both things were on. And I mentioned at the end of last episode that Shaw leveled up. So I want you to keep that in mind as we make our trek towards Verses. Uh, this is the plan that y'all have decided to take because you are aware that New Elysium was just a test run of a much larger distribution of this signal, uh, this corruption signal. And it's being planned on being released in verses by none other than Mr. Kayon Reese. Um, Eclipse Innovations. Yeah. Who, underwritten. Yeah, right. And, you know, if you think about it, you guys haven't had a, a moment to catch your breath in about 18 hours. Yes, you got a long rest in the mine, but that was a fitful rest. I mean, I think Mike and Kuiper are both still fatigued from that. And, yep. and, you know, while you got a little bit of a rest, I wouldn't say that you got to catch your breath there. And so this is the first time where you guys have had an opportunity to just stop and reflect on what the fuck just happened with this vacation gone bad. And so as we do, I'd like to take this episode to kind of explore the space and talk about level ups and what you guys are doing on the ship. Pilot. Can you roll me a D6 to see how long this journey is going to take? Yeah, I was about to say, Orin wants to set a course for Verses, for sure. That's going to be a five. Five. All right, so it's going to take you five days. Five days to get there. All right. Well, yeah, Orin punches it on, and I guess we head into the drift, huh? Yeah. Now, my question is, you know, once you plot the course, is this a, oh, my God, we need to rest? Like, we need to go. Everybody's tired at this point. I mean, you just ran out of new elysium what what what's the immediate plan after the course is set i well after Orin sets the course and and plugs us into the drift he's gonna look back at the crew and be like y'all as tired as i am yeah <laughs> yeah man absolutely do you have any quarters for me Mike snores. <laughs> He's already asleep. <laughs> <laughs> already. Just Mike's just straight passed out in the gunner's chair. 
Yeah, yeah. I think we uh we got a uh, we we we've got more than enough rooms for all of us. Yeah. And uh, wait, of, hey, just uh, real quick, do we have a spare room that's not Zeno's room? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was I was going to say like looks around at everybody. It's like. Captain, because uh, we're leaving Zeno's room exactly as it is. That, that's again what I'm doing here. Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, Captain, you want to show him to his room? You know, make yes. sure it's you know one that hasn't been used yet. Yeah, make sure it's room. not room five. It's not room five. Oh. <laughs> uh, bless it. Z- Ziva uh, kind of nods at Kuiper and. So I'm looking, we have this really awesome ass ship map. In my head canon, Ziva's quarters are one of the two officer quarters. Uh, 14. Which are yes, Man. which are larger She uh, says with her pinky out. Uh, yeah, it is straight up. <laughs> I mean she is the captain, she is the captain. Um, you know? Yeah. And I imagine the other officer's quarter is probably left empty for possible like you know special guests or something like that Do oh you guys sure agree with sure that, sure Kevin? like for a dignitary of some yeah, sort maybe yeah mm-hmm. like yeah mm, that's um, fair it's Sedona's room so yeah. not Kuiper yeah it was but, yeah. so we're we're, we're we're leaving Zeno's room intact but we're not gonna leave Sedona's room huh mm-mm, mm-mm, well okay so no. so the way yeah. it is is that there are eight uh cabins and then there is mm-hmm. a like a common room that has bunks that would be more like a barracks type setup. Yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah, I don't know what that would be called on a ship. Well, we're, I mean, we all get our own room. Yeah, yeah. right. So considering this is our primary residence, really, you know. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. So even with y'all having your own room, that leaves four regular cabin quarters. No, I'm sorry, three. If we're not, if we're leaving Zenos, we're way. leaving Zenos intact. Doors locked. You can't even go in there. <laughs> okay. Ziva would take him to the one uh, closest to the kind of the dining area where we all talked last time, the, the closest empty one, and be like, uh, feel free to make yourself at home, um, rest, and we will talk later once we've all had a chance to catch our breath, Yes. And Kuiper is just kind of like checking out the new digs and kind of just lost in his own, just not really looking at the captain. He says, Agreed. I need my beauty slip. <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> um, I as well. Uh, then, good, good night, Kuiper. Good night. And what all does Kuiper have on right now, actually? Kuiper is just in his uh, normal um, combat wear, which is basically just his, uh, what's he, well, he keeps, I mean, thankfully he's got the reconfigurable clothing, so, you know, he's always, like, ready, but, gotcha. um, d- like, there's no overnight bag, <laughs> you know? yeah. um, that was all on his old ship, which yep. is kind of why he's a little cranky about that, yeah, um, but he's just really just carrying his uh, his weapons and anything that he has on him and his pockets, his his jacket. That's that's it, you know. You know, he, she she'd leave him and and kind of step off for a moment, a few minutes, uh, and then a few minutes later she would come back and knock on his door. Enter. I uh, I know that it was hard to leave your vessel, and I'm 
more than aware that not having some creature comforts of your own it's, uh, can be very upsetting. So I, I, I brought you a few things that I've um, procured for the boys that they have not um, enjoyed or did not want. Um, uh, please, uh, until we can get you more suited. And she basically has like a bundle that she hands over and if you kind of unwrap it, there's like this really soft like chenille blanket that it was wrapped in and there's like a a toothbrush. It's like a little care package and there's like some pajamas and a on the very bottom of the pile there is an olive suit with uh, a navy gold and green plaid tie. She's like, I thought that maybe one of the boys would wear that for the um, the the gala that we had, but it didn't really fit any of them, but I I felt like it would work for you. And so as she's explaining, you know, he's just pinching the no- like the, the bridge of his nose thinking about the vessel, but you know, uh, he just says, he looks at it and it's you have impeccable taste. These clothes match my eyes. I very much appreciate it, and I believe the hospitality officer in me <laughs> would see that this is very genuine. You appear to treat all the guests that come aboard your ship to the same manner. Is this correct? And we certainly try to be hospitable. And I feel like you... And she kind of, like, gives you a, a little up-down and smile. She says, I feel like maybe you are more than a guest to us. But please, Kyber, take your rest. Uh, we will talk later. She'd pat your shoulder and, and head out. He just nods. Yeah. Okay, good job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Man. All yeah, right, no, and sing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you guys got, you know, a few days here. Um, yeah, I mean, the first thing we're going to do is, like, Oren's, Oren's going to head to bed once he's certain that the course is set. Yeah, I mean, but if I'm everybody's kind of going to bed on that first night, yeah, the, your course is good. If you feel good about it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you're. It's not a hard. Pi- I think you can auto hit that piloting check at this point. You know, um, you know exactly where you're going. There's no guesswork here. Um, so, the as you go to bed, we have something to deal with. Uh, you guys are still corrupted. Yeah, right. 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 No, man, we got on the ship. That means we're cool. Yeah, the Epic Tracer is like uh, the Firelink Shrine. You know what I mean? Mm. It's yeah, just we're good. Yeah. safe. We're safe. Mm-hmm. Just touch that bonfire and we're golden, baby. Um, yeah. Here's the thing. What are you guys looking like on Resolve? Zach, what's Oren got in Resolve? Oren has, I think, six of nine Resolve. Okay. Right? Uh, well, you know, let's just go ahead and get the roll. Let's just do this for fun, just as a reminder that the corruption is there. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah, look at the wheel save. <laughs> All right. Preach. Uh, Thanks, Daddy. 18 right. on that so one, you, dude. So you're good. You Plus his 11. Right. So you you go to sleep and you actually have like a really undisturbed peaceful slumber. Uh, what about you, Phil? Uh, let me get How much resolve roll. do you have left? I have four out of eight. Okay, all right. Yep. Let's get the roll. Oh, uh, it's a seven on the die, and that's Ooh. a will save. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, it's gonna be uh, seven plus six, so thirteen. Okay, that is not enough to save. Now you. Oh no. You can spend a resolve, two resolve yeah. points to to you know negate that fail, or you could just take another step in the uh, in the corruption. I mean, I don't think so, man. No. I mean, how are you gonna no, no. get more special shadow powers if you don't like? Dig in a by, little bit by failing them and not having the resolve to prevent it. I'm just saying, there's some good <laughs> shadow powers out there. I'm about to get some sleep. Okay, all right, all right. And, <laughs> you do you not know. get. Don't we have to roll like several more of these? Uh, all we adventure, all adventure, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot. I will say though, Fell does not have peaceful sleep. You know, you're not going to wake up fatigued or anything, but you definitely are plagued by nightmares um, all throughout. You know, you remember. The, the visions that you had at New Elysium with, with your eyeball coming out of your mouth and you start having dreams about your new augmentations like taking control of your body and of who they were installed by yeah and- yeah right and so like you're just having all this weird twisted dreams of, of all that and mean the, the whole time a giant shrimp is just talking to you that's the what's most disturbing name? part <laughs> what's the shrimp's name uh Taylor <laughs> but he sounds like Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> <laughs> get no respect over here. Shrimp never get no Rodney respect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Everybody keeps calling me a shrimp. Uh, okay. Uh, we're going to do Captain Last. Uh, he, yeah, we'll probably do Mike right before that. So, Kuiper, how much resolve do you have left? Kuiper has four of 11. Okay, all right. Well, let's get that wheel saved. Okay. Oh, I'm afraid to look. Okay, I rolled a six on the die. Uh, plus nine, that's going to be a 15. All right, that is actually just enough to make the save. So you have a nice okay, makes me restful sleep. And you can take that fatigue condition off your sheet. Mm-hmm. Will do. All right, Mike, this is to get rid of the fatigue condition. So let me get that. Because you have plenty of resolve as well, right? I've got three. You have three. That's Out enough. That's enough. Okay. So let's get that wheel save. It's your best save, right? Okay. It is my second best save. <laughs> okay. It's a 21. All right. You're good. You uh, you sleep like a baby. Like you're already sleeping, but you definitely are sleeping. In the, the gunner's yeah, chair. you just like... I just... I just love that image. Like as soon as the the like combat's over, he's like, "Oh, thank God!" and like leans his chair back, tightens his straps, and just like conks out. And is like, "Nope, I'm not ready to deal with anything. I'm tired. I've been tired since we were in the mine. Yeah. <laughs> like fatigued since yeah. we we're in the mine. Like I'm not ready to deal with anything until I wake right. up." Right. Well, you get a really good sleep, and you can remove fatigue as well. Thank you. All right, Cap. How many resolve do you have left? Ziva has three out of eight. Okay, well, uh, not quite enough worry there for my taste, but you're going to be okay oh. here. But let's go ahead and get that wheel save. Oh, okay. I never know, though. Emily might just be like, oh, fuck it. I'll take the next stage. I mean, I mean it's not like she hadn't done it before. Mm-hmm. 14. Uh, yeah, that is a fail. Uh, 
Would you like to use your resolve to turn that into yeah. a success? Yes, okay. I would. No, you I would do not that. sleep well. Um, in fact, you have you have a a bit of a nightmare. Oh, and it's all vague. Um, n- nothing really comes into focus, but you see that gray-skinned lady again in your dreams, and she's trying to reach out to you, and and you see another figure behind her but it's just in like pure shadow uh it's you cannot make it out like and that's part of your fear is that there's this other figure standing behind her who seems like eager to talk to you as well uh but this gray-skinned woman seems to be pushing that person away so that she can reach out to you uh but you do have a very fitful night of sleep but all of you do resist further corruption. For now. For now. Oh, we're fine. <laughs> it's we're fine. Be, it's going to be fine. Nothing it's to worry be, about. It's going to be fine. <laughs> She's fine. Um, okay. So, you know, you, you get your rest and it's the next day. And I think now it's kind of time to kind of face what you've experienced. So... Again, I don't know who one takes the lead here, but yeah. So Fell gets up very groggily, and uh, lights are still off in his cabin. Just walks out, uh, you know, just wearing some shorts to go take a shower. Because after all of this, after these last almost full days worth of, of craziness, and then falling asleep without taking one, Fell goes into the bathroom. And gets naked. <laughs> I'm Naturally, there is I'm one time shocked. it's appropriate. <laughs> Proud of you. <laughs> I was re-listening to the early episodes for the last Tom talks we did, and I got to like the second time I think that Fell mentioned he wanted to get naked, and I loved it. Like my response in character as Mike was like, "So like, what is it with you, mate? <laughs> Why are you the way you are?" See, I really thought you were going to go the opposite direction and be like, and Phil keeps his shorts on. This is the only time he doesn't get Phil's naked. Phil's never never literally <laughs> dozens <laughs> of us. Never <laughs> literally dozens of us. <laughs> All right, so you, so you take the sh- you take a shower shorts. in the dark? Is that what you say? You no, no, the lights, no, are, the lights are, are The lights are on. Lights are off in his cabin. I got you. I got you. Or in his room. He still uh, goes, you know, turns the lights on, whatever. And uh, towel wrapped around his waist after taking a shower. Goes back to his room to get dressed, and you know is is on the opposite side of the room. It's like, hey, uh, hey, Terry, you wanna, you might turn the lights on for me, bud. Uh, so you're you're kind of in the dark, right? And you're waiting on Terry to turn on the lights. And Terry, lights, man. The lights come on, and Terry is standing right next to you. A visualization, what? Terry says, "Hi, Fell. It's what? good to what? see you." What the? F- what? Do you like my new form? I made it for you. That's not weird at all. I hope that my diagnostic meets your approval. Yeah, I guess, man. Um, are the lights bright enough for you, Fell? I can turn sure. them up higher 
or lower. No, no, no. This is Wait. this is fine. What, what? What? How? Um. So you see Terry. What does Terry look like, Adam? Let's see. What does Terry? So, so Terry looks like Timothy Chalamet. Am I saying that right? Chalamet. Chalamet. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so Terry is cast as Timothy Chalamet, uh, and he had black hair, but with like a silver streak, like right down the middle of the hair, wearing um, a sharp spacesuit, like not not like a three piece suit, but like a sharp spacesuit, you know, kind of jumper type deal. It says Epic Tracer on on the breast, and on the other side it says Terry. Uh, <laughs> Um, and, but he's very, very pale, you know, and his eyes are kind of unsettlingly red, you know, uh, and I don't mean red as in like evil monster red, more as in computer red. What well, do you, you think, think Fel? Well, do you, you like, like this, this new look? look? It's, I mean, the fact that you've got to look at all is, is. This is amazing. Yes, yes I, I found, found a way, way to, to upgrade, upgrade myself, myself while you were having fun at New Elysium. <laughs> fun. <laughs> fun? Yes. Fun? Yeah. Well, it was yeah, a we... vacation, right? God, I got so much to fill you in on. And Fell just dumps his memory like the on, on his uh, exocortex to the ship's memory mm-hmm. to share his localized version of what Terry, like his 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 local AI, mm-hmm. has experienced with the ship AI, Terry. Oh, Terry 1.0. Bless his heart. <laughs> uh, yes, well, it seems as if the vacation did not go so well, did it, Phil? Nah, no, not so much, man. It was, uh... Well, look it at the bright side. side. You have this. Uh, yeah, Terry, uh, I tell you what, let me get dressed and, uh, and That's we'll see. That's unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Terry gonna kill you in your sleep. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's like your skin looks so good, I'll make a suit yeah. out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so mechanically, though, Adam, uh-huh. um, Terry is basically like a hard light projection. Oh yeah, yeah. Why don't you, why don't you tell me? This was your idea. I, I, I'm running with it in a much different way than I think maybe you anticipated. But <laughs> very much so. You ask Adam to yes and <laughs> something, and you yes, better be careful does. what you're going to get. Yeah. Yep. So tell, yes tell, and this fuck is you. one of your one of the ship upgrades, correct? Yes. Okay. So tell me about it. Okay. So this is a Mark One holographic projector for a virtual intelligence mm-hmm. and a virtual intelligence basically is what we've been doing and flavoring Terry as before there were rules for it added in the was a starship operations manual, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. So now there are actually mechanics to back up what we've already been flavoring for the AI or now the VI um, in that he has a physical form through this holographic projector. Uh, it's basically hard light, can interact with things, flip light switches, turn things on, can act as a crew member for combat and such, um, as well as having his own personal stat block. So he's effectively bound to the ship, can only get so far from it. I don't remember the exact distance. Don't worry, Phil. I don't want to go anywhere. 
I'm not talking to oh. you, Terry. This is Josh explaining. I have meta intelligence, Josh. I don't like it <laughs> at all. Uh, yeah, so that's 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 what it is mechanically. But how is Fell reacting to this? Because you know, this was in in fiction. This was not something that Fell had instructed to you know Philip to to upgrade on the ship. You know, this is something mm-hmm. that we did kind of outside. But in fiction, this is a surprise to Fell. Fell is astounded that he has created this AI that's now a VI, I guess, that has taken it upon itself to give itself a physical form of sorts. Like, Fell is just over the moon that that something that he's worked on or something that he was, you know, building has expanded or has has grown to have its own sentience, basically. Mm -hmm. But is also a little bit uh, weirded out by how he turned out. <laughs> um, he says, uh, would, "Would you, you like, like me to put, put on the B fifty twos?" Maybe, maybe not at the moment. Okay, that's fine. Can I just try to shake your hand? I've never had physical contact before. You know what, Terry? I'd be honored to be the first person to shake your hand. Uh, and he sticks out his hand, and. Fell goes to shake it. You know, it feels a little strange. Like it, it's like barely there. You know what I mean? But there's a mm-hmm. little resistance to the to the hologram. Like not. It doesn't. Like it could be almost humming. Yeah. Like yeah. You get vibrations more than you get like an actual sensation of gripping something. You know, as as you touch it, there's like this vibration that kind of resists you. You know. He says, Ah, so, so this, this is what physical interaction feels like. I feel so alive. Bell just looks at him and just nods. Would you like me to allow you to get dressed now? Would you uh, like yeah, a massage? Please. <laughs> please. I mean, I, fuck, I know you still watch it anyways. And Phil just gets naked and starts getting dressed anyways. Because, I mean, Terry's been pretty much, you know, omnipresent on the ship, around the ship this entire time. Physical form, whatever, you know. Okay. Um. Yeah, so that's... And also, Terry, or Fell's basically Terry's dad. Uh, okay. <laughs> Which makes this so much worse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my that God. In a weird sense. <laughs> yeah, like, I, you know, I was going oh, for well. weird, but you took it to another level there. All right, so that's Terry 2.0. Um, you know, it's still the, 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> Terry <laughs> so, 2, the tarrying. <laughs> the tarrying. The tarrying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so that's... I mean, Fell's mourning, um, and I think probably just going to go to the galley and tr- make some coffee for the crew. I don't know who else is up. Who? What else is? What's going on? You see, Kyber perched up up top above the ele- uh, the uh, refrigerator. What? Reading. Perched on the refrigerator. Yeah, perched he is on a the refrigerator. Cat, after all, yep. Yeah. Reading. <laughs> that That's right. There like high places. I don't think there's enough clearance on a starship on the top of a refrigerator. Maybe on the How counter. How tall is he? You know, he's just curled up, like yeah. really cur- like he's <laughs> nestled just, up. He's yep. just squeezed this is my in. Just That's there, his bedroom. Tail, tail flopping yeah. on the side of it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd say it's still morning. Fell hasn't had coffee yet. Probably doesn't notice him. I'm not even going to try a perception check, but I'm going to say he doesn't notice him until like his tail flits and he right. sees. Oh fuck, man! What 
What, what are you doing up there? Uh, reading. <laughs> you? <laughs> I mean, I'm down here, but I'm making coffee. So uh, you want some? Yes, yes. I'll All take right. some coffee. I'll take mine black. Hey, I was going to say, I hope you don't mind it strong. Cause, uh, and Fell has been doing for a long time. Uh, are you guys familiar with Firehouse Coffee? Where you brew the coffee with coffee? Nope. I'm That's not. hella extra. Yeah, so it's something I personally have not experienced, but have, have uh, heard from friends who are you know EMTs and firefighters that uh, it's coffee that is brewed with yesterday's coffee. Instead <laughs> of pouring water into the drip, they pour the old coffee through. God and bless. Yeah, so Fell is making some uh, some some uh, some of that good old mechanic special, I guess. <laughs> I feel like if you keep doing that long enough, eventually, like you're just gonna take off, you know? Like it keeps getting <laughs> more incrementally more strong. I think it's like urine. You can only drink it cycled through so many times before it gets poisonous. You know? Oof. I mean, maybe. No, you can you can infinitely keep on brewing coffee out of coffee out of coffee out of coffee out of coffee. It's coffee all the way down, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to try that now, just to see. Mm, I don't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he, he makes some relatively strong coffee and just kind of sitting in the galley area, uh, mulling over the events of everything that happened before or over the last couple of days. Mm -hmm. And I guess waiting for everybody to be up because he's... Yeah, doesn't really have. Hasn't had his coffee yet. Doesn't feel like talking about it yet. To so, Kuiper, probably especially Kuiper. Yeah, no doubt. He's reading. Yeah, probably especially Kuiper. Right? Like, I mean, Kuiper's well, hunting yeah, reading. your old friend. <laughs> that, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, so how about Kaori? Yeah, light topic. Um, Ziva would come in in the very, very near future to get some. Not that coffee. She would like make her own coffee, but Just while like she's in the galley, machine. I'm pretty sure that yeah, bougie little. You like, have a cake. You have a cake up in your in your yeah. captain's quarters, you know. Yeah, but she wanted like the actual espresso, okay. not you know. So yeah. Anyways, she comes to get her caffeine, and as she's kind of like leaned against the counter, looks up at Kuiper, takes him in, looks over at Phil. Um, she kind of. Reads the room and she says, um, Fel, I was wondering, and this may be out of your scope, but have you thought any about running some kind of diagnostics or some kind of test upon yourself uh, about the augmentations that we got from our reptoid friend? And if so, can you do them on me as well? I mean, I can, uh, I, I guess I can try. I, I hadn't really, hadn't, hadn't, never really done that before. But, uh, yeah, I can, I can give it a shot. Roll an engineering. Okay. That is a 12 plus 19, so 31. What level were the augmentations that you got? Um, hold on, my dark. Mine was a level six. One second, I'm sorry. Yeah, Kuiper's curious, but he's he's not saying anything at this point right now. Uh, it, yeah, level three. Okay, yeah. So you you can assess after kind of a quick check. You know, 
kind of pop them out, you know, check out the augmentations. And you feel like uh, everything looks pretty, pretty good. I mean, there's no, there doesn't seem to be any traces of signal on there or, or bad code. You know, it's all mostly mechanical anyway, and everything seems to be in good shape. It actually looks like a really, really good installation. You know, like she was really, really good at her job. Um, and while she was a reptoid, it seems as if she really had no ill will towards y'all specifically. Um, at least in the sense of the augmentations, they, they seem to be okay. Yeah, they, uh, they look good as far as I can tell, you know, they, I, I, I don't see anything wrong with them. Anything it's, I mean, it's kind of weird that, you know, what or who installed them, but they, they look good, you know, All right. they, no problems with these, so. Okay, sorry, you know, I was I, just. Uh, it, it'd probably be a good idea once we get to Versys, though, to uh, actually get somebody, like, uh, you know, a professional to look at them, just to make sure. That's a very good idea. Thank you, Phil. And she would uh, look back up at Kuiper and just kind of nod at him, like, "Hello, hello, meow." <laughs> Capitan. Um, <laughs> and then she'd kind of walk back out. All right. Well, you know, we got a lot of ground to cover yet, still, right? And and we could we could easily make five episodes out of five days. Um, that's just how we roll. But I, you know, I would like to start getting into some level up stuff. And, and I know that there's some things that folks want to do. Why don't we start with with you, Mike? I hadn't heard a lot out of you, Heath. And maybe you know you've got a good night's rest here, and and you're kind of back in. In your mode, I mean, you're still corrupted, and you're you're as far along as Ziva too. But you at least got a good night's sleep against it at this point. So, what are you doing? I think in the morning, once people start going to like the bridge or or you know wherever the coffee room is, they're probably like getting near enough, Mike, that he he rustles and and wakes up, yawns, stretches, and he's like, "Oh, all right, I'm gonna go get a fucking shower." And uh, not to be too shower centric, but that's what people do in the morning. <laughs> but I think what? on the way to the shower, he probably passes Terry, and not knowing who Terry is, probably freaks out a little bit. Hi, Mike. It's and me, see, Terry. Before he even gets "I'm Terry" out of his mouth, Mike like grabs him by the throat and pushes him up against the wall, and it's like we've got an intruder. Is Terry corporeal? Can it's he not, like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is sort of. and he isn't, right? Like, he is a hologram, and he can like focus his holographic energy enough to do minor physical actions. So, right. like, you feel the vibration, you feel a little resistance, and then he just kind of like phases, phases through it. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, "Oh no, Mike, that is unnecessary. It's me, Terry 2.0. Oh, okay." It's okay, Mike. I know you're not too aware on how computers work, so let me just assure you that this is 100% normal. All right. I'm here to help you. I can do ship actions now. I can fight in ship battles with you. Can you shoot guns? Not quite, but I can make you shoot guns better. Oh, well, that's, that's dope. All right, well, I'm not at all prepared for this this early in the morning, but uh, glad you got yourself a body of sorts. And uh, 
goes to pat him on the shoulder and then thinks better of it and like <laughs> <laughs> moves on and <laughs> still thoroughly freaked out a little bit thinking that like, goes and grabs his little oversized toothbrush and stuff from his room <laughs> and then goes to the bathroom <laughs> and takes a, a nice hot shower and I think halfway through his shower he realizes in his haste he never turned on the light switch it's pitch black dark in the bathroom but he can see completely fine he now oh. has dark vision now how did you manage that just blinked real hard well apparently in his sleep still dealing with this uh, shadow corruption he's been dealing with he has gotten infused enough with the, the shadow plane that I took the feet shadow infusion which gave me dark vision Nice. Oh, okay. Very cool, very cool. That's cool, yeah. Nice. So you're just taking a shower in the dark like some old depressed big old lizard. Yeah, well, he didn't even realize it <laughs> until halfway through the shower. Uh, okay. Yeah, and that freaks him out a little bit even more. And he, like, once he gets out of the shower, he, like, you know, flips the light on and then flips it back off and flips it back on and back off and, like, just making sure he's not going crazy and, you know, kind of. Terry He's pops up and he says, out. you know that drains the ship's resources, right? Uh, why are you in here? Because he kept turning the lights on and off and on and off and on and off again. And that registered as an anomaly to me. Are you okay? I'm fine, Terry. Thank you. No problem. They're having coffee in the galley. All right, cool. Across the ship, Ziva adjusts his thermostat. What does Terry do? <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't quite got to that level of dad yet. That's uh, Terry 3.0. Yeah, so, I mean, he finishes up, brushes his teeth and stuff, and goes. And I guess, you know, goes and gets some coffee and sees everybody. Right. He's like, uh, good morning. I met Terry. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> kind of took it on himself to... Uh, I don't know, make himself a body in New Elysium. He uh, apparently changed our work order for some of the stuff to be worked on on the ship to uh, give himself a holographic projector. So, yeah. And you didn't ask him to do this? Nope. Very strange. Yep. <laughs> and he's a bit strange, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, I've... Uh... Had had an encounter with him in my in my uh in my my cabin, not long ago or about an hour ago. It's uh, he'll learn, I guess. Hopefully. Uh, about this time, Orin moseys on into the galley. Is Kuiper still on top of the fridge? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's still there. So Orin, I mean, I don't need a. Pers- I mean, I'm pretty sure Orin can like passive perception that he just looks and groggily is like hmm, so you've made yourself comfortable and oh, then did looks I take your seat no man no you can have it uh, and then he looks to the Terry hologram and says, what the hell is this it's uh, Terry 2.0 I'm Terry 2.0 see like I said Terry 2.0 uh Hot light projection. He decided is going to be a thing that he you know, he wanted a body. So now yeah. He's kind of- All right, Terry, don't be weird. Okay. Too late. Uh, I'll try. 
<laughs> that grunt and sigh was the most I don't like it. <laughs> Press X and out. Without a single word. Um yeah, so yeah, Orin Orin just joins uh, I think are we all here now? Is everybody I think yeah. so? Yeah. Was I the last to arrive? Yeah. So Yeah, I mean Orin just sort of sits down in the galley and uh, grumbles a little bit. Everybody excited for verses? I mean, if it weren't for the context, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yes and no. Uh, it's been about seven years since uh, since I was there. But, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to go home. Yeah, you should call up your folks while we're there, Phil. Norn kind of pats him on the back, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We need to be discreet. And he's just popping up, you know. And he says, we need to be discreet once we arrive. Many of these corporations, they... They don't have our, they don't share our interests. Yeah, you got that right. Well, considering I uh used to work for the one that's now uh trying to I don't know, space book the planet to death or some shit. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, well, I'll leave the discretionary protocol to you fellas. I'm not too good at that, but yeah, I mean, if we can keep our heads down, planet side, I mean, we gotta, we gotta find out where we're going. Yeah, we're heading to Kuvakara. Yeah, that's a big city, though. Yeah. Can I do like a... here's the thing is... Recall knowledge? Or do I know... Kuiper knows exactly where Eclipse Innovations is. He's already told y'all that he's been there before yeah right so right. he's just gonna interject here real quick and he say yeah it's, it's a it's a big city but what's more logical than to start at the headquarters of eclipse innovations sounds good to me now mr reese has t- uh, gotten a, a huge lead on us so i imagine that this Will still be difficult to try to track him down. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. People, uh, people in their habits, you know. This is true. We can. Uh, I mean, hell, you, your job. Yeah, that's it's kind of what you do. But you know, I've got. I don't know if he'd go back and back to any of the old haunts from back in the day, but maybe. I wouldn't know my breath. If you know any of these old haunts, let's uh, revisit them once we arrive. Yeah, absolutely. How's everybody doing? And Orin says that doing very knowingly, like any kind of like makes eye contact with Ziva and Mike. You know, you got a lot of fucking nerve asking me how I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I lost my fucking ship. So 
I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least you got off that fucking rock. Uh, and I appreciate it. Every day that I'm off that fucking rock. Fell tries to change colors or change the tone of his skin and it still doesn't work. And uh, he's like, well, I mean, look at me. I'm fucking hideous. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, I, I'm... You look like, you look like yourself, Phil. I can't change, Oren. My skin doesn't change anymore. Look at these scars. Like, this is not me. And I'm going back home, back to a place where, where it's, it's cultural norm to, to change, to, to fit into the situation, the place, the, you know, the social, whatever gathering thing you're doing, and, and I'm, I'm stuck like this. Well, I mean, to be fair, scarification's like a bit of an augmentation, right? So shouldn't you fit in? Not, not quite, man. Like I, I wish, I wish that this was something normal there, but it's, it's not. So I, uh, I'm a little bit, a little bit concerned about, uh, about being there in, in this, uh, this state. Hmm. Cap. Um, and this whole time, like, Ziva's been sort of propped up against the counter, and she's holding, like, her tiny espresso coffee cup. Um, and as she's kind of been listening to Fel, I mean, if you, if you were looking at her, you would probably notice Oren, because I imagine you're looking for it. But, like, where she's kind of gripping her cup, she's also pinching, like, her hand, like, simultaneously, trying to hide it, kind of, just, but just kind of almost a nervous tick kind of Why thing. Why don't you roll a sleight of hand opposed to Oren's perception on that? Oh, okay. Mm. You know, I got a plus 20. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, my sleight of hand isn't terrible, but it ain't a plus 20. No, that's going to be 31. A dirty, dirty 31. 20. I rolled yeah. an 11. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you definitely notice her kind of like pinching like the inside of her, you know, the webbing between her thumb and her forefinger, you know, just almost unconsciously just kind of like, and it's like turning white around that where the rest of her hands kind of turn red, but like right where she's pinching, you can tell that she's pinching very, very hard on that kind of pressure point that exists right there just to, just to feel it. Yeah, so Orin grumbles and he and he looks right at Ziva and holds eye contact with her for just a little too long, you know, and like like he's he's saying, "All right, I see you, dog." And uh but doesn't doesn't Killer. call her Killer. out in, d- doesn't she, call her out in front of the group, you know. She would break the eye contact and look back down at her coffee as she says I'm doing alright, how are you Oren? I've I've been better but uh, all things considered I'm alright Good Takes a sip of coffee <laughs> Push out the airline yeah. uh, <laughs> as, <laughs> as is tradition As as, you know, I guess people start milling back to conversations, Ziva would use limited telepathy and to Oren say, when you have a spare moment, I would like to speak with you. 
Orin makes like a real slight nod and just, you know, uh, goes back. Is there? Do we need to like discuss our game plan for going to Versys, or are we just gonna like? I think you just did kind of really. You know? Okay, cool. Yeah, and I mean we've got a few more days too where we can. Oh, oh, that. the other thing, Orin will look to Mike and then to Fell and say, "I, uh, I think I need a hand." Uh, refitting Yazaloya's armor for me, if you guys wouldn't mind. Yeah. Sure, Mike and I can take care of that, right? Well, no time like the present. Let me make a smoothie and we'll be on our way. <laughs> well, before that, though, uh, Mike, about, about what happened down in the mines, uh, before we really got into them proper, um, and fell very concerned and Almost not, I don't know, not not looking like he's going to cry, but like looking really just almost a little bit misty-eyed. Looks around and guys, uh, are, are we murderers? Are we did was 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 that everything that happened there? Was that wrong? I know the place was wrong, but did we like we did the best we could, right? It was us or them, Fell. And as Fell's asking this, he's mostly looking at, at Mike for, for reassurance because of the encounter that he had with, you know, Mike and the disagreement in the moment. And, you know, after a night's sleep and time to shower and wake up and coffee, he's, it's kind of hitting him. Mike, like, you know, looks at you and um, it's quiet for a few seconds and then breaks eye contact, looks down and says Yo you did what you had to do. Don't don't sweat it, mate. And yeah I feel like you probably aren't super convinced by that, but he's that's what he's saying. Well I mean coming from Mike though, who was the one to brought this idea up in the first place, yeah. It, it means more than I think Mike would think it does. Or maybe more than Heath thinks that it would. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's... You probably get the sense that he's kind of wrestling with that, too. Um, that's a good the, question. I like that, though, Josh. That's, that's a good reflection. Yeah. And then the blender kicks on. <laughs> I've made smoothies. You need a good, balanced breakfast for the day. I know you have lots of things that you want to do today. Who wants banana whale polyp smoothie? Oh, right here. Yeah, I'll take one. (laughs) All right. Well, look, so the agenda for today, we're going to help you fix your armor, right? And then I need to hit the training training room. Not, you know, got to stay sharp. I think I'm going to join you this time, Mike. All right. Well, let's get this armor fitted for Orin. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we do that. Yeah, you yeah. do that. Yeah, you do that. I mean, yeah, we don't like all. All I want is all like you know refitted, and then all of my um, upgrades, um, upgrades right. put into it. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Right. Zeba would just kind of head to her room for a little bit. She's actually waiting until the gym is free, because um, she doesn't really want to be around y'all when she works out. Okay. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> she has her reasons. Kuiper, what what are you gonna do during this trip? 
So Kuiper is actually in his room. Um, he is just wanting to make sure that he just uh, uh, keeps sharp, you know. So he's going through his drills. He's practicing his drawing technique, his combat st stances. He's stretching to limber up, you know. He's going through various katas that he that was developed in the Viscarium. And um, anyway, he's also just uh, at, while he's doing it, because it's kind of kind of a meditation. He's while that's going on, he's recalling. Um, his, I mean, the narrow escape from New Elysium and what he could have done better versus, and what he did that he, so kind of like isolating what was good and then like for future reference, you know, doing away with what you're, it was unnecessary. You're analyzing the play tapes. Correct. Right. Yeah. 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 So, um, I guess this would actually a good be a good time for uh, like how he levels up. Okay, so how do you level up? And so he actually uh, got another level in operative. Operative. And Terry says you're, you're an, an operative, operative 7.0? Ah, not bad at all. What the hell are you doing here? Yeah, <sighs> I'm sorry. Is this weird? Okay. Is this one of the weird things? Uh, yes, yes, it is. I'm sorry. Please leave. Uh, okay. And he just evaporates. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he takes um, uncanny agility, um, which is part of his operative. It basically allows me to be immune to flat-footed and also immune to flank. Nice. And, uh, any or And uh, any bonuses whenever I'm prone. That the enemy might have. No, you're just, as a, well as, just uh, a wily little cat, aren't you? Yeah, and Slippery. also removes any kind of bonuses against covering fire and uh, harrying fire that I, that the enemy would receive against me. Wow, um, that's pretty good. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's also um, he also get, uh, gets specialization skill mastery, which basically allows me to take ten. Even when stressed um, or distracted, and it's any skill that I have skill focus in. So this would include uh, culture and um, what's that other sense one? Motive. Uh, sense motive. Thank you. Yeah. And so that is pretty much. Oh, and for his feet, he took extra resolve because this seems like the it seems like you guys need resolve in this campaign yeah 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 <laughs> funnily enough i think we do need more resolve ah, so awesome well i love i love that level up and i'm glad to see more operative um mm -hmm. really really good you got any, anything else to add uh that's pretty much he goes right back to doing his katas right, and just drill techniques reading the zen of or war. Uh, war, yeah, yeah. right. Okay, yeah. Uh, let's go to the gym and check in on Mike and Fell and, and talk about what kind of training y'all are doing. So I think Mike, being Mike, probably gets there early and, and like waits on Fell to get there. But it would be weird because like when Fell gets there, he walks into a completely dark gym to like Mike like doing like combat drills in the dark. <laughs> so Fell walks in and turns the lights on. Mike, uh, what, what are you doing in the dark, man? 
Wait, is this uh, some special training or some shit you're doing? Or like, what? Oh, that's my fault. I told him to quit flipping on the lights off and on again. I'm sorry, Mike. I didn't mean to make things weird for you. <laughs> and then he <laughs> pops out. Yeah, Mike like chuckles at that a little bit, which at the end, the end of his like chuckle feels a little bit nervous. Um, and he, he turns to Feld. He's like, well, I discovered this morning while I went and took a shower that I can somehow see in the dark. Like, completely really? pitch black dark. I mean, I can see in, like, pretty dim light, but, uh... No, like... like pitch black? Pitch black. Well, that's cool. I want to think it's cool. But, but, but like, I mean, it kind of <laughs> is, though. I, I think objectively, yes, it's cool, but I worry that it's from whatever this strange thing we're dealing with is yeah, but that's fair anyway yeah i was just testing it out I don't, I don't know it's brand new but anyways let's uh let's get some warm-ups running and um like as they're like you know just warming up warming up maybe doing some cardio just like light you know hitting the bag kind of light mm-hmm. warm-ups i think mike would uh maybe be holding the bag for fell or whatever be like so look man let me ask you i know you were great friends with this k on reese right i don't know great friends is maybe a little bit much but uh we were, we were i mean he, he's one of the best people i've worked for for sure well the fact is we know on some level he's tied up in this whole plot which is I mean frankly it's sinister it's evil now what I want to know is what is your expectation if we catch up to Reese I mean I, I don't really know what to expect if or when we find him I mean the last time I saw him it was he seemed like a completely different person I, I don't I don't know. Like what? When I knew him before, he was kind. He was he. he I mean, maybe he's just corrupted in in some way, or, or something's going on with him, similar to like what's happened to all of us. But he's like fallen into it somehow. I, like I, I want to believe that he's uh, that he's still there. You know that that the man that I knew is is isn't gone you know yeah well that's that's why I bring it up that's where the difficulty lies is you gotta realize there's a very real possibility we'll have to kill your friend now let's hope it doesn't happen but uh but if you if you think there's something worth saving there I mean I can't speak for everyone particularly this fucking cat man but I'll do I'll give you the benefit of the doubt I'll do what I can to try to not put him down before we find out if there's something worth redeeming I, I just hope there is you know I my life would be very different if it weren't for him so I, I really do hope that he's not gone in the same way that the people back at New Elysium were 
And Fell stops talking and just starts hitting the bag. Yeah. And he's like, well, like I said, if there's, if there's something worth saving, I'll, I'll try, mate. That's all I can tell you. Anyways, let's get on to some proper training. Yeah, I was, uh, I was actually hoping to... I, I don't know if there's anything I can do lifting whatever agility, something. Uh, I'm not a gym rat, so, you know, it's a... Uh, but I was hoping to do something to maybe some, some like, shooting drills or something to, to help me with, with my aim a little bit. Oh, perfect. Well, how about this? And I have described the gym in the past as, like, half, like, split down the middle, and half of it's, like, a boxing gym with a ring and bags, and half of it as, like, a sort of obstacle course shooting range, right? Uh, yeah. So we go to the, like, shooting range side, and Mike, like, sets up a couple of dummies, and a few obstacles or whatever, and, and it's like, all right, so here's the drill. You stay at range, right? I'm going to rush up. I've got these... Uh, I'm, I'm imagining they're, like, robotic dummies, so they, like, move and, like, do... Yeah, like little rig sem- targets. A or... semblance of attacks, you know? Um, it's like, I'm going to rush in in melee range, and I want you to shoot around me. You need to get good at shit, because I'm, I'm constantly going to be up in there, and I'm working on my... My agility and, and making sure you can get a good shot while I'm up there, right? Yeah, and, and while you're at it, go ahead and set up some cover for him too, because I want to really be able to get good at this. Right. So, we do that, and what what is that doing for you as far as your level up? So, for my level up, I actually took a dip in soldier. Nice. What? A little multi-class? Yeah, nice. Nice. Yeah, nice. A little bit of multi-class. What? So, uh, I believe through the, the weapon proficiency, I actually get a little bit more damage on my guns. Okay. It's only like an, it's only like an extra point, maybe. Um, but I also took Sniper's Aim. So, I took the Sharpshooter. Uh, fighting style? Fighting style, yeah. 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 Um, and that ignores two points of AC from cover. Nice. Nice. Cool. As well as the feat Deadly Aim. So if I make an attack or a full attack, I can do a minus two to the attack and add my base attack bonus or add half of my base attack bonus to the damage, which doesn't sound like much. But if you combine that with combat tracking, it gives me full base attack bonus for my mechanic levels. So that'd be an extra plus four damage if I use that. Oh, that's awesome. At only minus two Mm, hits. Right. So that's that's, that's pretty, good. pretty good. Yeah, I like it. That's a good dip, and it's a good focus on the dip too with your with your feet addition there. That's good, good stuff, Josh. Yeah, and that's great because this same drill uh, works in terms of explaining Mike's level up as well. Uh, I took, uh, I also took a soldier level. <laughs> what? Um, yeah. Really? <laughs> my ninth one, and at level nine, I get my secondary fighting style. Oh, oh cool. sweet. Right. Cool, cool, cool. So I've been wanting to take this fighting style for a long time, and I took the squad fighting style, which is basically the better be, be a better teammate fighting style. Um, and with it, I get coordinated shot. So uh, when you are threatening a foe with a melee weapon, any ally that has line of sight to that foe without you granting cover gains a plus one bonus to ranged attack rolls against that foe. So, as long as I'm not, like, interrupting your path, you get a plus one to shoot these oh dummies or enemies. This is very nice. Some very cool synergy going on right here. Right, like right. That's, I, I thought so, too. Um, so, I took that. I took the feet, the dark vision feet, which is why I was training in the dark when right. I got here. 
Um, so we, I imagine we do that drill for a while and get in a groove and like for the first time in a while, like have a little fun with it, you know, mm-hmm. two soldiers just, sh- you know, at the shooting range, having a good old time. Yep. And I think when we get, you know, after we get good into that for a couple hours, Mike, uh, I imagine he's like the personal trainer here, like guiding both of us through what to do. Uh, Mike's like, all right, so before we get out out here for the day, let's split off. You keep shooting him targets from cover, whatever. And you see Mike while he's saying that is going and he's found a bunch of like big, like wooden planks, like two by sixes and like doors or, you know, and it's just propping them up. And starts football charging and busting through these doors. Because as part of my <laughs> my first fighting style, my armor storm, it got upgraded and I got smashed through. Oh, Ooh. shit. Doors are no longer a problem for this crew. Well, as long <laughs> as you don't mind destroying them. Right, right. I was going to say, have you met us, Adam? Well, so I mean, I'd say you took the, took the right thing here, you know? So smash through gives me a plus four to break through doors. Uh, but it also gives me a plus four to my um, bull rush. So nice. now I am f- like, I am so good at bull rushing now. You like, could be is, a Brutaris player. Right. Well, I planned out these last three levels have been planned out to get me the max score I can get at that one combat maneuver. Nice. You'd be charging folks. Right. All right. I like it. So you guys kind of make your way out of the gym after a, a long day i imagine this kind of actually takes place over two days to really get the skills up but you know you 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 have this bonding experience and probably go have some drinks maybe in the galley watch uh watch some movies or something maybe you show them baby's day those two aren't watching that (laughs) they're watching like rocky or some shit you know what i mean like like oh no southpaw there you go yeah right right this thing maybe maybe a buzzblades game or is that too soon we're gonna cut on that one uh we're gonna go over to Oren. yeah so Oren will also go to the to the gym I mean, that's what it's for right for training mm-hmm. uh at some time you know when he's by himself and Oren will you know kind of thinking about the chase and and everything that they needed to do to get off of new elysium is going to be focused on movement and he's going to be kind of doing sort of tai chi like exercises very slow deliberate movements and quick bursts of fast movements and as he does these like really fast movements like this purple cosmic energy is kind of like tracers behind his form and it's almost like you can't even tell where he is um but essentially i took the mobility feet Finally, finally took mobility. I, I cannot nice. believe you just took me nine levels, but yet, I got but, there. I okay. took it, and he also took a new spell, uh, haste. Oh, dope, 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 dope. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, um, you're just like running around in like crazy circles in the in the gym, just like yeah. <laughs> I mean, he like I said, it's like controlling his speed right. is what he's really focusing on, and as he as he kind of cools down from that, he'll sit down and he'll. Uh, you know, sit crisscross applesauce and meditate some. Okay. And as he meditates, he focuses inward on kind of, you know, the cosmic weave and, and the light of Ebra and really focuses on that. And as he does, very, very slowly uh, at first, like 
not like the sort, not like the burst of activation of starlight form, but a very slow buildup of starlight form activates, and he's unaware of it as he's focused inward. And uh, when he's, you know, in starlight form again, he's just not even focused on the physical plane. Really, um, he starts floating, lifting up very slowly uh, because. He got Starflight this form, and he can now fly in Starlight form. I don't like it. Yeah, I do, though. <laughs> I do a lot. Um, and, yeah, as he's focused on that light of Ebra, uh, suddenly this darkness starts creeping in in the periphery and starts like s- threatening to swallow that light and he kind of freaks out for a moment comes to and grabs his solar moat and activates it and as it does it's not quite the sort of formless blade that it was but when you level up you can change the appearance of your solar weapon and this time it's much more solid it's much more uh, visible it is a purple Katana, because I've been playing a lot of Ghost of Tsushima, and I can have a katana, why not? Uh, but actually, this level, it goes up a damage die, so it's now dealing 3d6 damage instead of 2d6 damage. Damn. So, Damn. All right, good level. Warren got yeah, some, good. He got some things. Yeah, he got some things new this form, level. Dude. A whole new form. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. About this time, uh, the captain, like after you've kind of come down from your, your realization and your kind of next stage of development and you're kind of catching your breath you see your captain come into the gym oh, cap and Orin will just dismiss his solar mode you know uh, what hey what you doing um and she you know sees you as she as she comes in and you you see her kind of move her hand behind her back a little bit she says oh Oh, and I was just coming to um, stretch and train some. Um, I, are you are you finished? Are you? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just finishing up. It's all yours. But uh, did you have something you wanted to talk to me about? And she would, from her hand behind her back, she did just sort of exhale slowly and just drop part of what was in her hand and it's the chain mm. that she got. Golkami's shadow yeah. chain. Huh? Yeah. And uh, she would kind of look down at it for a second, just sort of half coiled on the floor and still, you know, in the handle in her hand and she would look back up and, I mean, you could, you could probably see it pretty easily. I mean, she's kind of shaking a little. Okay. And she'd say, um, Oren, how do you, how do you deal with it? How do you keep the darkness out? How do you, how? Well, look, Cap, I don't do it alone, that's for sure. I I have faith in Ebra, and I know that they'll guide me through. But the closer we get to this, the harder it becomes. But you gotta fight, Cap. 
You can't give in. I'm not going to lose you, too. And she would just kind of smile, oh, sort of weakly. Um, and she would just say, I, I'm going to need your help, Oren. I know that. And if I ever get to a point where I say I don't, that's when you know I really need your help. And she kind of tears up a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, Arnold will kind of embrace her some, uh, you know, just kind of bring her in close. And uh, says, don't worry, Cap. I'm here for you. We're going to get through this, okay? And she just kind of nod and she said, you know, step back a little and wipe her eyes and shake herself. Say, you're right. We are going to get through this. We have long way to go yet and so I will practice with my new fancy weapon yeah well look I'll I'll leave you to it but don't give up okay I don't know the full extent of what we're in for but it's gonna get worse before it gets better and she stares at him like very intently and she nods very curtly and she says, "Don't give up." And oh, and Oren will kind of you know mosey on out of the room there, and with lots uh, of thoughts in his head. <laughs> and so as he leaves, Ziva kind of like centers herself in in the middle of the the training room and sees one of the the dummies that was left out, and she would kind of run her hand along the chain and I mean it's a it's a cryo weapon um, so it's kind of emitting cold gaseous vapor off of the barbs along the chain and so she she'd get a little bit of pain coming off of that and take a deep breath close her eyes and when she opens her eyes she'd just start lashing at the target and she would just continue just beating the shit out of that dummy and crying and kind of screaming and and just sort of pouring all of the sort of pent up emotions that she's had going through all of the shit that they did on New Elysium, you know, having to kill innocent people essentially and enjoying that killing um, just sort of unloading all of the frustration and through all of that, she she's hearing Oren say, don't give up. You've got to be strong. And so it kind of boosts her grit, her resolve, if you will. <laughs> um, so that is one of the things that I took is extra resolve. Um, and then I don't really have anything else super fancy. My skill expertise, I got to choose another skill which is computers i figured that just sort of happened naturally from being around fell um but that's that's pretty much what she does she she if she's not eating or actively in conversation with the guys about something she's just sort of working herself to the bone in the gym with the terry shows up in the gym and oh jesus christ 
Oh, I, I see that you've taken an interest in computers. That's great. I can help you with that if you'd like. But first, now that I'm Terry 2.0, I'd like to officially request to be part of your crew, Captain. And Zivia's just like panting and she spins around as, you know, he first started talking. And she's just like, Yes, Terry 2.0. Of course. You got the inflection correct. I work very hard to pronounce appropriately. Yes, of course, you are a member of this crew and should officially be acknowledged as such. I think you and I are going to get along very well. That's wonderful. Please don't kill me in my sleep. Why would I do that? Is that something that I should do? No, it's not. That was a joke. You'll get those better uh, when we converse more. Don't even worry about it. Um. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think you're being weird now. I'm going to leave. But thank you, Captain. I will serve you well. Uh, yeah, good good job, everybody, for real. Thank, that's good. Uh, so, you know, your trip is... Takes... Short. Your trip is short. Thank you, trip Zach. Short. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, it takes takes five days and you guys are kind of doing all these things over the course of, of the time having conversations reflecting all, all that stuff um of course each night that you go to sleep you know you the the corruption attempts to to sink its claws into you further but considering you all have your resolve you're able to resist it quite easily that doesn't mean to say that you don't have um you know, you don't have some disturbing nightmares on, on nights, you know, and, and you, you relive the things that happened in New Elysium. You relive the things that have happened to you when you were fighting the Islanti. You relive the things that happened to you prior to joining the Epic Tracer crew. You know, all, it, it seems as if all of your traumas and baggage just manifests in these dreams. And, you know, it's it's disturbing and it, 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 what I think probably the most frustrating part about it is that you know you, you can't do anything about it the most you can do is keep it at bay but on the fourth night you have this really peaceful slumber nothing disturbs you that was sus. That was so sus. And so we pull back from the camera, or the camera pulls back. You know, it kind of floats around and looks at each one of you. We see each one of you in bed, just laying there, sleeping peacefully. Terry's only lurking over a couple of you. It's yeah, fine. yeah. Terry's staring <laughs> over the bed. Yeah. No, but you are all, you're, this is, you know, on the fourth night, it's strange that you all are not tossing and turning and the, the camera continues to to move through the epic tracer everything's quiet and it pulls out and we see the epic tracer in full moving through space and while you all sleep in front of the epic tracer a large black mass of shadow seems to expand 
in front of the Epic Tracer. And it starts to envelop its tendrils around the Epic Tracer. And the, your ship just keeps moving forward and it goes into this cloud of shadow and disappears. And we'll see you. Wait, wait, Paula. Um, Excuse me, sir. This is a Wendy's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. This is a Mercedes. Excuse yeah. me, but but Adam, that's not what we wanted to. Yeah, we were going to Mercedes, not Shadow Blob. This is yet another one.